Hello, everyone. Hey, or Oh, everyone else. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see you guys there. Welcome back to another week, another day, another year. Nope. Another episode of Unfiltered. Hold on a second. When this is posted, oh, it will damn still it. be It'll November. still be November. It will not be. I know. <laughs> I, I was going to say that too, but I realized it will still be November. Damn it, you guys. Well, welcome to episode 12 of Unfiltered. Happy, happy thankles, everyone. Happy freaking thankles. Wow. Um, it has been a wild year indeed. And maybe a lot of you are thinking, wow, what is there even to be thankful for? Because my life is in shambles. We really had to keep asking ourselves, what, what are we thankful for? But you know what? There's a lot to be thankful for, okay? We're there alive. Is. We're breathing. We're healthy. I know it's been a rough year, but take time to really... Be thankful that you're alive. Anyway. Um, so anyways, yeah, we were reflecting and trying to figure out what we were thankful for this year. And we realized there's way more than what might appear at the surface because, yeah, it's been a hard year, but we've also been able to do so many things that we would have never had the time for yeah. ever, literally ever, yeah. <laughs> without this extra time in a sense that we've been granted. So it's another opportunity to you know, pick up those hobbies and stuff that you didn't have time for before and stuff like that, which Kim and I, we were talking, that's definitely something we're thankful for. For sure. Is I know myself, like I've, I've always loved woodworking. And so I really got into that during this time. Um, and so I've started my own little woodworking business. Shout out if anyone needs any woodworking for Christmas presents, let me know. Yeah. Just hit me up. I got you. Um, and then Kim, you've taken up sewing and some other things. You want to talk about that at all? Yeah. So I'm really, well, I haven't really been, had time to sew recently, but I guess not recently, but definitely over summer you were doing yes, a lot. I was sewing a lot, but like now that I have school, I've been exercising six times a week and I stretch mm-hmm. every day and I've really been able to like refine my schedule and really have a schedule that works in self-care, which includes my exercising, my stretching, and my drinking of my tea. So these are all things I probably would not have been able to figure out if I had just kept grinding like I was in the past. So very thankful for that, dude. And also um, this right here, right now, like I'm talking into a microphone for a reason because we have a freaking podcast that we never would have ever ever even considered or had the time to do damn if if we didn't have quarantine so the real question is when there is a vaccine eventually and we're out of quarantine will this podcast continue I know I keep asking myself that too I'm like damn when I'm gonna be in the lab working like nine hours a day ten hours a day am I I fully expect you to bring your microphone with you and record while you're in the lab in front of everybody no actually though if I'm like waiting for experience experience experiments I'm definitely feel like oh good okay good we'll make it work yeah we're gonna make it work people don't we're gonna make it work guys we're not going anywhere just yet yeah don't you worry yeah I know some of you probably want us to get off the map already but (laughs) nope we won't listen to the haters we were not listening to the haters but yeah, we are thankful Anyways. for you guys. We're thankful for starting this podcast and it has been a wonderful learning experience for sure. Uh, anyway, moving on. Thanks everyone. But now we're going to do question for Queens. So last year we asked last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a long, long week. Okay. Last week, we asked you this question. Okay, there are 20 different socks of two types in a drawer in a completely dark room. What is the minimum number of socks you should grab to ensure you have a matching pair? 
Pretty straightforward. The answer is 11 socks because if you have two types and you have 20 socks, if you grab half, you could theoretically grab all of the same sock. But if you grab 11, you have to at least make sure you grab at least one of the other type as well. So you'll for sure have at least one matching pair. And that's like literally the foolproof way to do it is grab 11 socks. So love that. Love that. Thanks, dude. Um, You're welcome. I love talking about socks. And (laughs) I also like talking about doubloons. I actually don't know what a doubloon is. Is that a coin? (laughs) Me neither. Wait, what is that? Doubloon. I think it's just a coin. Oh, okay. It's a coin toss. A Spanish gold coin. All right. Anyway. So here's the sec or this week's question for Queens. I am clearly not fully here today, so please forgive me. Um, it goes as follows. You toss two coins. If you get heads with the first, you stop. If you get tails, you toss it again. The second coin is tossed regardless. What is the ratio of head heads to tails? Wow. Do you ever just ask questions? What? <laughs> That's literally what we do every week. <laughs> anyway, good luck, people. Um, Comment on our Thoughtful Thursday if you think you got it next week. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's our, our little intro here. We're going to um, – I guess we'll talk about what we're going to talk about. So obviously it's Thanksgiving um, or it was Thanksgiving by the time you're listening to this. So um, as we said, take the time to think about what you're thankful for. Um, but it also is grad school application times and Kim obviously is in grad school right now. So she'll talk, have a lot to talk about. And I also mentioned in a previous episode that I also actually went through the grad school application process and took the GRE and all of that because I thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, and while I didn't end up taking that route, I went through the whole process and Kim and I did that whole thing together and it's definitely an experience. So we decided we're going to gear this week's episode towards giving you guys um, tips and advice and things that we wish we had known or things that we learned while going through that process um, since it's that time of the year. And we're hoping this will be helpful for some of you guys as you go through this tough application process. Mm -hmm. So should we uh, talk about some fun grad school stuff? Episode 12, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Unfiltered. So before we go into this, though, I feel like this this topic is can be interesting for anyone because grad school is such a weird thing. And like, it's not for anyone. When I say anyone, I mean, anyone that has finished their bachelor's, you know, it's we still don't fully understand what grad school is. I feel like most people. But yeah, until you're there. Right. So a couple things you should really ask yourself before going into this whole process um, is like really the big question is, should you go to grad school? And some of the things that you can ask are like, am I doing this for myself or am I doing it for someone else? As in like a parent or you think that it'll make you look cool to some people. I have come across a couple of people that are like, oh, I want to get my PhD because doctor sounds cool. I'm like, sure. Which like it does. Yes. But please keep. It shouldn't be the only reason. <laughs> yeah. Like please let you can or let a PhD consume yourself for five years just so you can be called doctor. Like, no, <laughs> that should not be your motivation. Um, 
Another question is, how will this propel you in your career? And does what you want to do in the future require a fan of an, yeah, an advanced degree? Also, if it if what you want to do doesn't require an advanced degree, which um, is something that I was exploring, is it something that you want to do for yourself? Right. Um, That's what I said earlier. I, it, I know, but I'm just saying it doesn't. You're, what you want to do doesn't necessarily have to require right. it, but if it's something that, how you want to improve yourself or you like learning or something like that, that's also a very, very valid reason to go. It doesn't just have to be for your future career. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because really quickly, um, I do want to get my doctorate because it'll help me in my career, but this is also like a journey I've chosen to go on because I know mm-hmm. it'll be very challenging and I'm going to discover a lot about myself. So grad mm-hmm. school isn't like going to grad school isn't black and white. It's about, it's really a journey of self-discovery. I know that sounds really weird and like spiritual, but honestly it is. Education is such a beautiful thing. And we've turned it into this thing where everyone has to have a 4.0. Everyone has right. to do well on grades, but we're not learning anymore. And that's the really yeah. shitty part about how the education system is set up in the United States. Well, I think actually all over the world or most parts of the world, but mm-hmm. especially in the US, I just feel like it is this whole journey of wanting to get good grades. But honestly, you can you can totally turn that around in grad school. And that's why you should really ask yourself these questions. Because if this is something that you want to challenge yourself to do, and this is a journey you want to go on for education, then that is great. And you really should consider it. A couple other things are, um, do you need a break from school? Are you burnt out if you just graduated? Do you want to take a gap year, a couple gap years? And also money. Like, Grad school, depending on what program you get into and what type of degree you're pursuing, is that something that you're willing – are you willing to invest a lot in your education? So these are all important things that you should ask yourself. Um, And if – And that's – and that when when you're talking about funding too, that's money and time, right? right? So even if you get a PhD that is fully paid for in terms of actual cash, like it's four to six years, sometimes longer of your life that you need to be able to – dedicate that time right to and ultimately it's an investment in yourself and yeah. your education and your career but yeah so that's something to consider as well because sometimes people are like oh I'll just get my PhD because it's everything they pay for everything you know right um, yeah so a lot of people but, will be like oh they pay you to go to school I'm like I'm also required to TA and I'm literally an employee of the university I have right. I am an employee and I have to produce something and what that right. product is is papers it's research so it's not like mm-hmm. you're going to be sitting around for five years getting paid to read a book no you're getting right. paid to produce something to discover something so yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah yeah Cool. So a lot of really important questions to ask yourself. And it's like Kim said, it's really not black and white. It's different for everybody as to why you go, when you go, how you go, where you go, all of those kind of things. So that is why we're here today. After been, having been through the process, we're going to try to give you some advice and tips that we learned throughout this process to try to help you answer those questions for yourself right. and um, figure out what you want to do. So, right. So you've asked these questions to yourself and now it's time to start planning. So Michaela. Yes. So let's say you decide you want to go. So one of the most important, unfortunately, um, one of the most important aspects of your grad school application is your is taking the GRE and your GRE score. And that depends on the school. Some schools or programs don't require it. Some do, and they put a huge emphasis on it. It depends. Um, it is a standardized test, like taking the SAT or the ACT, like you do to get into undergrad. Um, 
But definitely make sure before you take it, you look and start researching the schools you want to apply to. Because like I said, every school and every program is different in terms of their requirements. Um, And yeah, the GRE itself kind of sucks. Like definitely not a good time. (laughs) It's a four hour long test. Um, Yeah, so good times. Glad, glad I did that and then never used it. But, but your scores last for five years. So if I ever decide I want to go in the future, they do last for five years. And that goes along with one of my tips of taking it is um, Kim and I both ended up taking the GRE twice. Mm -hmm. And so we would say that obviously take the time to study and all that. To be honest, I think we started studying and like, we technically started studying the year before. It was like yeah. May. And then we didn't really, like we picked up the book like once or twice. Right. And then I think I started actually studying in like July or August of that summer. And then I first took it in October. Granted, I didn't like study, study hard until maybe like like beginning of September where I was studying a couple times a week. But um, so obviously take the time to study. Don't just jump right into it. Um, but also I suggest taking it earlier rather than later. Even this podcast episode that's coming out is a little close for comfort to take the GRE now, but, um, it also depends. Some applications aren't due until like January, February, March. So if that's the case for you, then that's completely fine to take it later. But just know that you can only take the GRE up to five times in one year and you have to wait three weeks between every time you take, at least three weeks between every time you take it. So that's why we say take it earlier because, if you take it, the earlier you take it, and if you don't do well and you want to take it again, or even if you do do well and see if you want to inc- want to improve your score, you still have to wait at least three weeks. You can't just sign up for the next um, open session. Right. So, and then obviously this year is a little bit different. I know a lot of schools are like not requiring the G. I think, well, in general, I think even not COVID related, a lot of schools are showing to not require the GRE as much or different programs. I had, I think at least three of the six programs I applied to didn't require it. Um And then also with COVID, some schools just aren't even requiring it because of that. So that's also something to look into. But ultimately, um, the GRE can be fairly important if um, for your program, depending on where you're going. So the other thing I'll say is this is all pretty basic stuff that you could look up about the test, but we just wanted to share it with you in case you didn't find it. Um, When you actually sign up to take the GRE, you'll receive two full free practice tests on the GRE website. So obviously get your study books, get your practice books, whatever those will come up, come with a lot of practice tests, which again, I cannot emphasize how important practice tests are. Like that's the best way to study, I think. Um, But the two free practice tests you'll get are actually on the GRE website and they're completely broken down because the GRE is online, by the way, in case you didn't know. I didn't know that when I first started studying. I thought it was like the SAT where you go in and you fill in like one of those bubble things, whatever. It's all online. You type your essay online, all that kind of stuff. When she says online, she means it's on a computer, but you have to go – or you had to go to a testing facility. I guess now it is legitimately online. Make it online. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how they do it right now. But yeah, so we had to physically go to a testing location, but it's like there's a – it's a room with a bunch of computers and you physically take – and they give you like scratch paper and stuff for your math and whatever, but it's actually online. So when you get these two practice tests, they're set up exactly as you would take it. Um, on your on a computer and then the thing that I really liked about them is I recommend definitely it'll tell you which questions you got wrong and then it'll also break down your results um, into different categories so you can see like the percentages of questions you got wrong in certain like areas and categories so maybe a certain type of math question maybe you got all the graphing questions wrong or something like that so then you can basically focus your studying um, on that if you're going to take it again so that was something that I didn't utilize as much as I should have until um, 
because I didn't know it was there until like a couple weeks before the second time I took it. And I was like, wait, this is here. This is great. And then I was able to focus on those questions. So um, those are just a couple things we thought of for the actual GRE, but um, we're going to dive more into like the actual applications now um, because that's a whole other process. Yeah. But (laughs) also, also we're not trying to scare you with all this either. Like it definitely is a process, but you have time, like start early there's a lot of resources out there for doing grad school applications and the internet is full of study tips and like all that for the GRE and right. whatever. Um, so it's a process. It's definitely a commitment, but I think it's not quite as overwhelming as you might think. It ended up being a lot smoother of a process than I'd imagined going into it. Yeah, for so. sure. And yeah, it's really not that bad, honestly. And don't think that it's like the most important part of your uh, application. I actually did right. not get the best GRE score especially in the quantitative section. And that's obviously important for engineering, but I'm just not good at standardized tests. No offense to anyone, but I think they're stupid. I don't think they're a good measure of intelligence. Like I I obviously know how to do math. I'm in an advanced degree for engineering. So it's not a good measure in my opinion. So don't like beat yourself up if you don't do well um, when you take it. Anywho, When you're applying to grad school, there are multiple aspects to the application. So there's your GRE score, but there's also your personal, your statement of purpose. A lot of them have personal history statements. So that's where you like talk about your background and what experience you have. Your statement of purpose is where where you talk about what you want to do in grad school. Um, They, some of them like ask you to upload your resume. They ask you to talk about your different experiences in different sections. So there is a lot that goes into it. And one huge thing that grad school grad graduate divisions and graduate what are they called departments programs programs gosh one thing they look for is making sure you know what you want to do or like you don't have to know 100 percent, but at least have an idea and don't and be passionate about it yes you're not just like oh i'm just kind of applying to apply like right they don't want to see that right it has to be something even if you don't fully know what you want to do or what you know research you want to get into or program or whatever whatever like be passionate about it. Exactly. You want to be there, right? Exactly. So So that's why this first tip is really important. It's really, really, really crucial for you to email professors you're interested in working with. So if, if you've heard about Stanford all your life and you're like, oh my God, Stanford's such an amazing school. And that's all you write about in your application is that you just want to go to Stanford, but you don't say what professor that you're interested in working with, what their research is, why you think that's important to you, why like that is something you want to dedicate the next five years or two years of your life to. They're not really going to see you stand out as an applicant because you're just applying to Stanford because it's Stanford. Does that make sense? And also one thing I would say too, is like, especially that's one of the biggest differences between your grad school essays and your undergrad applications is you definitely like Kim saying, you really have to specify it for the school, right? Whether it's the professor, the research, the program, whatever intrigues you about that school, definitely make sure you touch upon that and include that because they want to know what how you're going to, how you're going to fit into the program of the school and what you're what you're going to contribute. Yes. That's that was a big question too was like how are you going to, what are you going to add to this program? Yes. So, right. so for example, for my application with UC Riverside, I was so drawn to this school and it was my top school because they most chemical engineering 
programs in the United States are chemical and biomolecular engineering. And I'm not really into bio like at all, but UCR's is chemical and environmental engineering. And that is my degree. So I was really drawn to how focused Riverside is on the environment, on sustainability, on improving climate change and everything and their research that goes towards that. So I wrote about that in my application. I also reached out to multiple professors from the university and I wrote about them in my application saying I spoke Mm -hmm. with them. I really want to work with them. So that definitely helped me because one of the professors, after I spoke to her on the phone, emailed me without me initiating the conversation again and said, with your background, I highly suggest you apply to this program. So that is a huge, huge sign and a, a good sign. Yeah. One other thing I want to add too is I don't know if we mentioned this, but Kim, obviously, Kim's mentioned this. She's in her PhD program. But when I was applying to grad school, I was applying to master's programs. So we also were able to see like the differences of those applications because while they're both grad school applications, there were a lot of differences between our applications and like the process we went through. So if you have any questions about one or the other or the differences, you can also reach out to us since we both kind of saw both sides of those. So, So Kim's talking more about PhD with master's. It depends on the program. Sometimes they'll want, depending on the program, they might ask you if there's a professor you want to do research with. Right. But if you're not doing like a research-based master's, then maybe that's not right. as important. Right. So that's something you kind of have to figure out for the program as well. Um, but usually they're pretty good at like saying, oh, is there a professor you want to work with or yeah. like whatever, depending on the program. So yeah, damn, that was a long-winded explanation of that. I know. But I hope you understand basically bottom line, email professors you're interested in working with. Um, another tip is that if when you were asking yourself questions earlier about wanting to go to grad school, if you think that you want to take a gap year or some sort of break, there are actually some schools in the country that will allow you to apply for the program that starts one year later. So you can defer and they say that to you upfront, which is actually a great, great thing because you can just get the application process out of the way. And if you get in, you don't have to go right away. You can go a year later. And so at least yeah. you have that school secured and you don't have to apply when you're like already out of college or something. There's two routes with that. One is you apply for like, if this is 2020, you apply for 2021, Mm -hmm. you get in and then you request to defer, which most schools will accept. I can't speak for all, but from my research, most schools will accept that if you have a reason. Um, Or what Kim is talking about is when we were looking at schools, like when you actually go through the application, it says, what year are you applying for? And like some schools will actually have like, okay, I'm applying for 2021. Some schools will have, oh, I'm applying for 2022. Mm -hmm. So you don't even need to request deferral. You're just applying for that next year. So I think just to clarify. Yes. No, thank you for that clarification. Um, And finally, when you're going through your grad school applications, like I said earlier, a huge part of it is the essays. And I highly recommend this is something Michaela and I did multiple times. I think each of us had like seven appointments with the graduate. I like lived there. Yeah, yeah, seriously. (laughs) Like November. (laughs) So the Graduate Writing Center at our university was incredibly helpful. So if you're applying to grad school and you're an undergrad, most universities will let you use the Graduate Writing Center because you're applying to grad school. So that definitely utilize that if you can. And another example is one of our friends actually is an alumni of the university that we went to. And even though she's applying as an alumni, she reached out to our graduate writing center and they're letting her use use it because she went there in undergrad. Yeah. And when you say use it, 
like you can actually like you'll print out your essays yes. or your writing statements, whatever, and actually bring it. And they're like literally people that you can schedule meetings with and they'll go through the essay yeah. sentence by sentence and be like, this is good. Change this. Like yeah. this makes sense. Talk more about this, whatever. And give you that direct feedback because it's great to have friends read it. Kim and I had each other read each other's and, and parents or whatever, but they're people who like literally are hired yes. by the university to do this. Yeah. Right. So they're a really, really good resource that I didn't know existed until Kim found mm-hmm. it actually. So Hopefully that might give you a leg up in case you didn't know your university had it. It probably does. Yeah. So yeah, they're very helpful. And if you're also like applying to grants and something, that's another side note, but they help with you writing grants and stuff like that. So highly yeah. recommend. Those that one dude. Oh gosh, Kim and I both met with like the, the same one dude so many times because he was the best. I had like <laughs> I don't even remember his name. It was like Kevin or something. It was Matt. I had an intelligence crush on him because he was so yes, smart. He was and so smart. He was about to finish his PhD with like game yeah. theory or something. And yeah. I was like, wow, you really just flipped my essay upside down and made it so, so good. Smart. And so helpful. Yeah. yeah, I definitely like improved it so much after meeting with him. And like, yeah, definitely. We both saw him so many times. He was like, oh, you're back again. <laughs> and I was like, yep. <laughs> Draft number 82. Yep. Yeah, that was an intense time, but highly yeah. recommend. Anyway. Yeah. I just want to also say, I don't know if Kim is comfortable doing this, but if anyone is applying and like not necessarily, necessarily saying I can help you with your essay, but if you maybe want to like read mine as an example or something like that, because I know I looked up a bunch of examples when I was applying just to try to get like the flow of the yeah. essay too. So I'm happy to share that if anyone wants that. Yeah, I'm okay with people. It could be shit. That. I don't know, but yeah, at least it's an example. <laughs> <laughs> but we got into places. True, so true. Not that shit. <laughs> true. Um, yeah, okay. So that's a little bit about the GRE and actual application process. We could probably go on for another like six episodes about that because we learned so much throughout that process, but we just wanted to close this episode out with a bunch of a bunch, a couple overall like tips or things that we learned, um, just about the overall process that might be useful for you guys. So, Mm -hmm. um, Cam, do you want to talk about the first one? Because this was like, (laughs) (laughs) you hated this. Okay. So... Similar to undergrad, I don't remember what the website was called in undergrad, but there's like somewhere you can go to see where everyone's getting into school, right? I'm pretty sure there is one. So there's one for graduate schools called Grad Cafe, and you can type in your major and look at all the schools where people have been receiving acceptances. Or rejections. Or rejections. Please do not check this. I was checking it every day, every minute of the day. Yeah, because the thing is you want to – like they say they're going to send out acceptances starting this point, ending this point or whatever. And so you're like, I still haven't gotten mine yet. I want to – like what about what's happened with other people? So you go on Grad Cafe and you can see people have said, oh, this school accepted me, this school declined. So then you know if that school has started sending out acceptances or rejections and you're like, why haven't I heard back yet? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So please don't check it because you start to stress yourself out and it's not worth it because you start to compare yourself to other people because some people will say what their stats are. They'll be like 4.0 GPA, two publications. um, What is it? Like I have a master's in this, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, well, shit, I'm not going to get in then. So really do not do that because you never know what could happen. You compare yourself and you also stress yourself out and like, there's no clear like schools do not send out acceptances or rejections in like a clear line yeah. where it's like okay this person got it so you're going to get it tomorrow like it could still be two months later that you get yours even though this person got it at the beginning of yeah. January so you just stress yourself out being like okay they got it why haven't I gotten mine yet but there's literally no clear-cut method as to when they send these out it depends on your program your professor your whatever 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 right. so 
there's literally no point. It just literally stresses <laughs> you out. So do not look at it. Like block that website from your computer. No, I think actually one of our friends did. Um, I won't say her name, but I'm pretty sure she did block it because she was so tired of looking really? at it. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next one is something Kim and I both experienced is do not be fooled by big name schools. Yeah. And Kim can talk about this more, especially for a PhD. Yeah. Um, I can talk it through about talk about it through my experience of applying for a master's, but everyone's like, oh, Stanford, Yale, whatever schools, you know, the big name schools they want to go to, which sure is great if you get in, good for you. But if you get in anywhere else, also good for yeah. you. Like it, it does not have to be, it's not necessarily better to get into one school. It's way more about the program or if you're doing research, the professor and the work they're doing or whatever than the actual name of the school. Mm-hmm. And granted, I will put like a little asterisk next to that. Sometimes depending on your program, the name of the school does matter, unfortunately, I think that's very superficial, but unfortunately it does in society and that's how it works. Um, So look into that. Maybe talk to some professors um, at your school or that you're looking at to find a little bit more about that for your program. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was something I was told for the programs I was looking at was that name of the school does matter. So that kind of stressed me out a little bit through the application. But when I was doing the process, I learned that I was actually more intrigued and inclined um, and liked or more passionate about some of the programs at the lesser name schools Mm -hmm. than it was the bigger name schools, which ultimately is more important because if I'd gone to a, or not that I went, but if I'd accepted or something or gone to a school um, that had a bigger name, but I wasn't as passionate about the program, you know, it's just going to be a waste of money and time or whatever. Right. So don't be fooled by, that was a long explanation again. Don't be fooled by the big names necessarily. Yes. And as Kim said, or was Kim was telling me, it's especially for PhDs too. Usually, especially for PhD, it's way more about the professor or the program mm-hmm. and the department than it is about the actual school. Mm-hmm. So that's a little, little tip to not fall into that. So yeah. And another thing that we have a tip for is that your top school, um, when, when you're doing your your applications, your top school may completely change throughout the process. I know it kind of did for me because in the beginning, I thought I really wanted to go to USC, but Mm -hmm. I ended up not even applying there after I spoke to a professor from there because I realized that a lot of their research was geared towards like oil and gas, which is something I don't care for, lol, Michaela. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I, yeah, that was like my top school. I was like, oh my God, the Vitterbee School of Engineering and then didn't even apply there. So be open-minded. Don't, obviously, if your dream is to go to a school because you love their program, then please follow your dreams and try to, you know, pursue them. But also, don't be so surprised if something changes and you end up liking something else more. I know that kind of happened to me, like going back on the whole, um, don't be fooled by the big name schools. I know that Riverside like doesn't have the best reputation in the UC system, which is whatever annoying elitism, whatever. But I understand that. But also when I really look into it, Riverside just checks off everything that I want in life. Like it really encourages grad students to go into public policy. It has, it's so focused on environmental engineering, sustainability. So all of those things really matter. And that's like, as I really went through the application process, started learning more about the schools, more about the professors, it slowly became my top school when I was applying to like UCLA, US or Mm -hmm. looking into USC, blah, blah, blah. So long story short. Yeah. It's a four-month-long process minimum between when you submit your application and you get your acceptances, and that's a lot of time where things can change. You either 
decide you want something different, you find out more information about your programs, whatever it is, or even by the time you get accepted to when you decide on your school or don't decide, like things can change for that. Like, again, obviously I didn't end up going to grad school, um, but literally between the time I remember this is, we talked about this, our experience in the last episode or in one of the last episodes of how we found out we got into grad school on the same day. And I was crying because I got into what was my top school. And then by the end of that two month long or month long decision process, my top school was a completely different school. And that original top school had been my top school for months. So all I'm saying, like, all we're saying is like, so much can change in that time. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because every day Michaela would text me like, no, I think I think this is the school for me. It would be <laughs> yeah, different like every time. I know. Yeah. So like so much can yeah. change. <laughs> it's all up in the air basically. Basically don't commit to anything. Everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so because everything sucks, please, if possible, <laughs> yes, yes. find someone it's or not- make a friend that is also going through the process because it's really stressful and it's extremely comforting to have someone to go yes. through it with you. Um, you know, I had Michaela, she was my roommate. We would cry about it every day. We complained. We, yeah, we did all that. We stress ate together. Yeah, dude. So I'm thankful for you. Thanks for thankful helping for me get you, here. Dude. Thanks for helping me get here to not grad school. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 You're welcome. That's a story for another day. Anyways. Um, okay. So we have one last super, super important. This is the most important. Literally, if you made it all the way through, good for you, because this is the most important part of the episode. So we are going to be doing our first little giveaway. Oh my God. Wow. Are we influencers? Add in, are we influencers? Add an applause into the editing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we, if you're following our Instagram, we try to post um, quite a bit throughout the week. And so we have Monocle Mondays where we post a quote or um, topic that was said during our episodes. And so after this episode comes out, which uh, means Monocle Monday will be tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be posting like a summary of some of these tips that we talked about um, and also more details about the giveaway, but we want to introduce it here. Um, so basically on that post, if you like, and then tag two people that, you know, are either applying to grad school, they're thinking about it. Um, they might be interested. They have questions, anything really grad school related. If you like the post and then tag them, everybody who does that, we're, we, we, uh, when I say we, I mean me, let's be real. I have a very detailed, uh, template that I made that's super useful for organizing your grad school applications, your decisions, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's like an Excel template. So I will go ahead and share that with anyone who comments on the post. Um, and you can share it with friends that you have who are applying to grad school. But here's the key part. We have a GRE prep book mm-hmm. um, that we will actually be picking one person from all of the comments. When I say all the comments, I'm expecting like three. Um, <laughs> Stop. Okay. We'll be picking one person from the comments to actually receive this free GRE prep book. So wherever you are, we'll we'll mail it to you, whatever. Um, and it has a bunch of test taking tips. It has um, several practice tests. It's completely new. It hasn't been written in or anything like that. So we will be sharing that with you. Um, so yeah, we hope you really you enjoyed this episode. We honestly, if you have more questions about grad school, please like message yeah. us on Instagram or talk to us however you want to reach out because. We could talk about this for days and days. There's so much we didn't even get to touch on about yeah. the process. It's true. Um, Someone literally DM'd me right now, like uh, right before we started this podcast, and I'm in the middle of responding to them. I haven't finished my response about my application process and everything. There you so. go. Exactly. Yes. We could go on forever. And if you want like another follow-up episode with more tips or something, we'd love to do that. Or if you just have questions, feel free to reach out. 
But we hope this giveaway is a success. Um, We want to spread the word of our podcast because we think we have a lot. Well, we hope we have a lot of important things to talk about and share with you guys and also be dumb. But um, yeah, so thank you all for listening. Thanks for the support. Like, comment, follow, subscribe, all of those good things. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify (laughs) and instagram and we're on audible on amazon yes. fun fact kim and i looked ourselves up the other day and that was like the seventh thing that came up was our podcast on amazon so we're famous <laughs> we've made it yep. we've made it to the big leagues now <laughs> indeed we have um yeah follow us unfiltered pdcst unfiltered pdcst on instagram and yes <laughs> thank you for listening yes happy Thanksgiving. happy thanksgiving or everyone late thanksgiving now i guess we love you and My name's Kimberly. My name's Michaela. And And this this is is Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Okay. And the kisses. Okay. Goodbye. Good night. Bye, everyone.